Citizen Femme Production presents I Hope I Get It, the podcast. The show where we share all of our audition room stories. We talk about the good, the bad, and the oh my god, did that just happen. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of I Hope I Get It, the podcast. I'm your host, Taryn Stain, and this week my guest is Catherine Winter. Catherine is a Canadian-born performer and multi-hyphenate theatre maker who now lives and works in New York City. Some of her performing credits include Netflix's theatrical debut, Money Heist, The Experience, Yankees, The Murder Room, La Cage Fall, Turkey's Go on Strike, The Music Man, Beauty and the Beast. She can currently be seen in Chasing Andy Warhol, which is being performed off-Broadway with the Bated Breath Theatre Company. Some of her TV credits include Billions, Russian Doll, Gossip Girl, and The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Behind the scenes, Catherine is the development coordinator of the Verdon Fosse Legacy. She's the communications manager of the Superior Theatre Festival and the assistant to the artistic producer, Chelina Kennedy of the Eclipse Theatre Company. Catherine also serves on the board of Jazz Dance Project and has previously worked for Dance Lab New York. So I hope that you will enjoy this conversation with Catherine who has found a way to make theatre happen despite a pandemic, despite changing circumstances. So I hope that you I hope that you'll enjoy this this conversation. Catherine, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I'm so excited to chat to you. This has been a, a while in the making. I had to take a bit of a break from doing all podcasty things, but I'm back and uh, we are recording this in January 2022. So a happy new year. <laughs> Happy New Year! Uh, it's such a pleasure to be here. I'm so happy to be able to talk to you. It's truly an honor. Uh, so, you know, on this podcast, we are going to talk about all things audition room, all things auditioning. Um, we're going to talk about your best experience in the audition room, your worst experience, and then if you can just share, I want you to talk to me about, because I know that you're not only uh, been in the audition room as a performer, but you have been in the audition room as the choreographer. So I want to hear all about all of all about that. So let's let's begin with. Do you remember your very first experience in the audition room? Yes, um, my first time auditioning for anything. Um, I was part of like uh, theater classes in the evenings when I was in. Um, elementary school and they were starting like a pre-professional like young people's more like professional version of a show so I went to go audition for a production of Grease um and it was my it was I was obsessed with Grease the movie at the time um they said bring in a monologue and I asked what's a monologue um and I was like I can't believe this monologue my mom and I were like what is this and now it's the funniest thing to me because we all have like 10 20 monologues in our back pocket all the time Right. <laughs> um, do you, um, so do you remember the first audition, your per, your first professional audition, like out of college and how that compared to how you felt the very first time you went in? Yes. Um, so my first professional audition was actually in high school. They were, I'm from Toronto, Canada, and they were casting some movie musical and my dance studio sent us in I got cut pretty much right away but it felt like something out of fame or something out of um 
like a chorus line or whatever. We all got our numbers. We're waiting in this hall of this church. We went to this big dance call. They taught it so fast. I couldn't do any of it. Like I was so bad. Um, I thought I looked so pretty. I remember I had like, this new leotard and everything. Um, yeah. And I think I've gotten, I think auditioning is a skill and you've gotten better at it. Um, I was, I went to school at NYU. I went to school in the city purposefully to kind of always have one foot in the door and one foot out the door while I was in school. Um, I got my BFA in musical theater, but I was always scared to sing in front of people. So my big goal was to get over that fear because like what a crazy profession to be in to be scared to sing in front of people um so I would whenever I was free and I saw an audition call I could go to I'd go to all of them I'm like you know what let's be scared now let's get those hundred no's while they don't matter because no there's a for every hundred no's there's one yes sort of thing um or for every yes there's a hundred no's I should say um so yeah I mean it was oftentimes nerve-wracking but I really got used to the skill of leaving it at the door. Um, I definitely had from college auditions and that sort of thing. I definitely had my book more prepared and I just knew more of what I was doing. And it was the circumstances around it that shifted and continue to shift every time. Um, auditions are all, all the same and all completely different because it's always a different team behind the table. You're wearing something different. The weather's different. You had milk, you didn't have milk whatever the variables might be. Um, I had a really hard workout this morning and my body hurts and I can't stand up straight or whatever happens. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a skill that you get better at. There's a class for it for a reason. Yeah, uh, you, you mentioned that you're from, from Canada. How do you find auditioning compares um, to the U.S. between the U.S. and Canada? What, what is the, do you find that there's a difference in, in auditions? Um, it's more access to auditions. I haven't worked really since graduating college in, in Toronto. I haven't been part of that audition life, but you have to have an agent. Unless you're a kid and there's some crazy national call for Sound of Music or a kid's show where they need really specific things, you have to have an agent to even hear about the auditions to even get in the room. Whereas here you can look it up and just show up and you can audition for four or five things in a day. People in Canada, they're lucky if there's an audition a week. And the theater industry is very different because um, a lot of it's based off of repertory companies like the Shaw Festival or the Stratford Festival. We audition for a season and then go live there for nine, ten months and you rehearse two, three shows and do them in rep. And it's a very um, different model than it is in the U.S. Aside from the Canadian productions of a company where it's much more similar to the Broadway circuit and Broadway schedule of things. Um, but it's a really different atmosphere. And it's just a smaller community. There is one school to get a degree in all of Canada in musical theater. A lot of great acting schools, but the musical theater training, they're more similar to an AMDA program where it's a two-year certificate or diploma, which is great. It's just different. Um, whereas here, you can walk in any day and audition for anything, and it feels like there's a lot more opportunity in that way. The theater in Canada is great. It's just a very different model. Yeah, I um, it's the very same. Um, the model in Canada sounds to me like exactly what the model is here in South Africa. Um, it's obviously the the industry is on a smaller scale as well, um, and I also feel that there is more opportunity. And I think because there are more theaters in the U.S. In South Africa, we have. I think maybe three or four really big theaters where really big shows will go, but we don't have all these really lovely regional theaters that the U.S. has. And 
and I, I mean, I've done a lot of regional theater in the U.S. and I, I love it. You get to go to these wonderful towns and these wonderful small cities. And, um, and there's just, I just, yeah, like I agree with you. I think there's more opportunity in the U.S. Yes, absolutely. More opportunity and more access to the possibility of it. Just show up. Yes, just show up. Absolutely. Catherine, can you talk to me about the best experience that you've had in an audition room? Yes, um, I've been thinking a lot about this leading up to today, and I feel like the jobs I've gotten or the callbacks I've gotten are often not even in the radar of the best experiences necessarily. Um, I was in, I was up for the national tour of SpongeBob when that went out. And I remember like I initially went in to sing something, I submitted something else online and then they brought us in for a dance call. Um, and that show was so eclectic and so fun. So everyone was wearing a lot of really funky colors. And they said like, oh, you know, they just give you a time to show up. We were in there for like an hour and 45 minutes. There was like six people behind the table. The assistants were teaching the dance call, but Chris Catelli was there and Tina Landau was there for like the first round of the dance call for the National Tour of SpongeBob. So I felt like I really got something out of it because you got to hear from them and learn something about the project and learn something about yourselves and how they created it. But it felt like a workshop. Like you didn't feel like, oh, I'm going here to kick my leg and do these five, six, seven, eight, and then I'm, I leave the building. Um, it felt like a class. And I feel like the best auditions are oftentimes like classes. Um, there are some auditions where you leave and you feel fantastic. Or um, my first in-person audition over the pandemic, I auditioned for a workshop of a new a new musical that's based off of an, um, an old Hollywood movie musical. And I auditioned online a couple of times, just sent in tapes. Like months went by, figured I didn't get it. Then all of a sudden, like, come in this week. Um, and because of COVID, they really were really selective. So again, there was like 10 people behind a table and it was a work session with the director. And this was like the first time meeting anyone in a room. Um, so I look forward to a lot more of these meaningful audition encounters that aren't just going in and singing your eight bars and thank you next. Um, while that can be helpful, I can say being behind the table in the first 10 seconds of someone introducing themselves, like I know if they're right for the project or what their energy is a lot of the times. And occasionally some people surprise you, you may one out of a hundred might, um, but I get a sense or me and the rest of the team were like, great, these two, these three, because it's a puzzle and you have to fit the puzzle. It's not about, um, it's not personal at all. Yeah, absolutely. I love, um, I love how you said that the best auditions are not necessarily the jobs that we get, but the ones where it feels, it, it does feel like a workshop because then you, I feel like we're able to give of ourselves 310% in that moment. Because if it feels, if it's, you know, those auditions where it feels like the audition and that's all you think about is, oh my God, my nerves. Oh my God, this person's face is looking at me in some sort of way. And, and then we spiral. But when we go in there and it's like, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to have a free dance class or to just learn from the people around me or the person who's teaching the, the choreography. I think that's when we're like, okay. And I, we, we almost release ourselves to, to the process. Yes. And there's those times where oftentimes you're like, I'm so not right for this. I'm just going to show up. I don't know what's going to happen. And because you have nothing at stake for it, you have a good time and the, Sometimes that's when you get a call back and you don't expect it. You're like, but I'm not right for this show. Um, or you're like, why did I get kept for this? I got typed in. This is weird. And you're like, oh, I get it. I get it. This is so much fun. Or they're like me because of this. Um, 
so those are all very exciting and um last week i just went through a round of auditions um for a new life and it's a devised theater piece and it's also a play where there's a lot of dance and a lot of other skills involved and um because of the pandemic we're going to be inside in a rehearsal studio in midtown but because of the pandemic we're like we still want to see you all face to face we don't really want to do a zoom audition because it's about how you like play in the sandbox with others we decided to go out on the street um in the east village and everyone was masked the whole time and there were and one day it was snowing so we're like wear your snow boots we'll figure it out and it felt like we were all back in drama school like playing theater games and creating like you have 10 minutes to create this piece of theater with this ingredients in it um and we had people only for 30 minutes outside masked but Again, we got to figure out who we found and the callbacks were in person in a studio, but still masked. And, you know, we'll see when the show comes around what everyone actually looks like. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, the one thing about this industry is um, that I think we've always known it, but it's really kind of been brought to the forefront because of this pandemic is how resilient artists are. We will find a way to make our art. We will find a way to do the things that need to get done. Um, so I want to ask you, how did it feel for you to go back into that audition room after this like 18 month shutdown where all the theaters were closed and we were everything was being done via Zoom? How did it feel for you to go being back in person? Um, it's an interesting yin yang of it. I, I was very fortunate that I was in a show over the pandemic. I was in the only long-running live show in New York City. Oftentimes we were the only show running in the city. So we opened September 2020. I ran until July 2021, but we were outside on the street or, or behind, the actors were behind glass windows while the audience was on the street and they moved from location to location. Um, and we were very, very safe the whole time, which is why we were able to run for so long. Um, and so I'd been working in that way. And I also worked on um, the Times Square project with Jenna Van Alsander and also started working on a lot of film and TV sets over the pandemic was kind of my pandemic pivot was working on film and television instead of working in theater. Um, so I felt like I had been flexing those muscles, honestly, more than I ever had before um, because the world was shut down. So I felt like there was less pressure to always be hustling in that way. Um, but going back in the audition room, it, it was just, like what are what are the norms what are the how does this work again a lot of that um it was in the the pearl studios across the street which is now next gen so it just felt like what is like i used to spend my whole life in these rooms and now it's been you know a year and a half since i've been here so um but it was nice and i felt like i showed up as a different human being because I was full. I didn't really have as much to prove anymore. And it was like, hi, welcome. We were very, I feel like very grateful to see other human beings and be able to share work and not like, oh, pick me, pick me, pick me. Or I have to run to this next thing. It felt less like that. Um, so I'm excited for what the future of all this is. I have yet to do a dance call in person in the pandemic. I've only been in, in person, like acting calls or like you sing a song and do it sides with the reader but i haven't done the like uh, the like 50 people in a dance um call yet been to dance classes but we'll see we'll see how that goes and see if open calls are ever a thing again i'm not sure yeah absolutely i think everything is it's i feel like we're starting out all over again in in some in some way um definitely wiser because we've gone through this collective trauma but we, i think so we're wiser and i definitely think we are more 
uh, we appreciate the process more. I think we appreciate the process of auditioning more. And um, I didn't realize that I would miss auditioning until it was taken away. And it's like, oh my God, I actually, that thing that drives me mad, I actually miss it. So that's, that was, that, that was weird the first time going back into, into, a, into a casting room. Um, what was your, or what has been for you the worst experience? that you've had in an audition room? Um, there's a few, there's definitely been a few where like the music doesn't get, something happens, but the music is funky and I get I get out of tune or I get, you know, I say the wrong word or I don't know what just happened in there and it's all a blur. Um, but there was one day, um, like a week after I graduated college, I was like hitting the ground running and I went to seven auditions in a day. And I remember the first, one, I usually go, I arrive to the auditions ready. I'll go sign up in the morning. I'll go home, get fully ready and arrive ready. Um, but I knew my name was like number 200 on this like open call list for some regional theaters production if anything goes. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my hair like everyone else. When I get to there, I'm going to have like two hours to kill. It's going to be fine. I get there. They're typing out my headshot and resume. I send in my headshot and resume. I go sit in my corner, plug in my curl, plug in my rolling, um, my curler, um, touch up my face, whatever. Um, I get typed in. I'm like, okay, great. They're going to do in groups of whatever. Um, so I go back, start curling. I have like my hair up in sections. I've like curled the bottom half of my hair. Um, next thing I know, they decide to go, they flipped the pile backwards and I was at the bottom and then I was in the top and they were doing a type out based off of like tap like, like two time steps or something I don't even have my tap shoes on my sweatpants are on so I'm like throwing off my pants as I walk into the audition room and like still putting on my shoes and I pull out the little top piece of my hair and sectioned off so it's like the bottom half is curled and I just this hot mess um and they go the opposite way down the line so I'm like the first to go I'm like that was crap somehow I get kept um and I'm like oh my god I got kept okay they're gonna go through everyone else now and then I'm gonna learn this call so we send us back in, they bring the next group in, I like reception off my hair, start with the next piece. Um, the next group comes back in, there's like three more groups to go. And they say, okay, group one, you're gonna go back in and learn the whole combo. And I'm like, my hair, not my hair again. So I pull it out and I go back and I learned the number and I was like oh my god again like with one shoe half on like trying to like it's not through the buckle yet like it's not buckled up I'm just running in um and I it happened whatever um I go back and I was like well that was fun on to the next you know four things to do um and they tell me to come back later I was like what did I do like I'm the hottest mess I don't know if I got steps I don't know what's wrong um I ran to the next audition, like checked in on the name on the list, like you're going to be next. And I was like, okay, great. I changed into a fully different outfit. It was like a grungy, like edgy, early twenties, um, like a lot of black makeup, whatever. Right. I look at myself and I'm like, my hair, I still haven't done my hair. It's still like half curled, half crimped, half whatever. I walk into that audition room. I like, like you're next. And I'm like, okay, I do that. And essentially this this continued to happen for the next four auditions. I would show up and I'd be like, you're next. And I'd like throw clothes on as I was in the hallway to like change the look because it was like a series of plays and new musicals. And one was like a stage combat show. And then one was a 20s musical. And then I had to go back to the 20s musical. And it was just like running the gambit of all the things in a 
day. And some of those were both like my best auditions because I couldn't care as to what I was doing because I didn't have any time to think or strategize. And I'm sure some of those were my worst auditions, but it felt like the, the poorest planned day in existence. <laughs> Oh my God, it sounds like that scene in the movie 27 Dresses when she's going from one wedding to the other and she's running between and she's changing in the cab and it just sounds like one of those experiences. Yeah, I was in, I went to, yeah, I went to Ripley, I was at Pearl Studios and then I went down to Chelsea Studios and I went up to the Equity Building, back to Pearl, over to Ripley, back to the Equity Building, back to Chelsea and then back to Pearl. It was like this crazy, all of the studios in a day. That is crazy. Uh, you know, so because you've done, you do, or because you've done so many auditions in one day, and obviously every audition is different and there's a different requirement for each audition. How do you prepare for an audition? Yes, it really depends on what it is. Um, and it depends on uh, what you said the requirements were. That day, I'm pretty sure they were all open calls or EPAs. So I knew that like one wanted a serious monologue, one wanted a contemporary monologue. One was a dance call. So you just show up and you have to have like a golden age song in your book. Um, I, I was very fortunate that my school had a really great book prep, several book prep classes and all of my teachers were really on it. So I have both a smaller book and a larger book of about 20 songs ranging from like Tin Pan Alley um, and character songs all the way to pop songs that differentiate between country and pop and rock and um, from the 40s to today. Uh, I even have a rap song in there just in case. Um, so those are all things I feel like I know really well and I make sure I refresh on all the time. I listen to the accompaniment of, I those I'm more or less accompaniment proof of. Um, pianist proof um as some say um and same with monologues i have about like a miniature monologue book of classic two different classical ones a more spoken word one heightened text contemporary um etc so those are something that like i can i can roll out of bed tomorrow and i can just start saying words and i'm i i've done so much work over the years on them um and it helps to refresh and you start planning like what am i going to do with that um but beyond that, before you go in that room, I try to remember to, before I open that door to go in, I try to remember to like be a real person, be a real human. Um, I just say like gratitude and be a real human. Because um, I think oftentimes you get into these singing, dancing robots of like, hi, I'm here to give you what you want. And that's not the person you want to spend eight weeks, nine weeks, the next year and a half on a cruise ship or stuck in um, on a two-person show with in the middle of nowhere or whatever it might be or just like be creating a new show with in a rehearsal room for the next four weeks you want to be a likable person you want to be like hi how are you and actually mean like how are you doing and not like this is my rote i'm not listening to you um i think it opens you up to the possibilities to be able to collaborate with the other people um and yes, and obviously being as familiar as possible, I'm a huge nerd of musical theater, of theater in general. So I love doing my homework and making sure I know I'm going in for Anything Goes. Do you know the score of Anything Goes? Is it helpful to know what the feel or the era is or um, what your, your hair should be doing that day? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So important. Um, I had a, a guest on the show, Candace, and she was talking about how she was doing I don't know if she was doing a work, an audition or if she was doing a workshop, but while she was doing the dance call, 
she was in her head going, okay, but the style of this piece means that I will potentially be wearing a corset. So I'm going to be breathing differently and standing differently. So it's very important, I think, to know the world of the show that you're going, that you're going into, so that you're aware that, because costumes will make you breathe differently and stand differently and walk differently. And so, so you'll move differently. So yeah, I think it's, very like very important to know um the world of the show you don't have to know every single song back back to front or every single line of the musical back to front but just to understand the general world of the show absolutely and i think it's also important for an initial call of things um, when you get into callbacks it's helpful to hint at the world of the show but if you're going in for an open call or something for a season look like yourself and make sure you feel comfortable in your own clothes um i think it's helpful to have audition clothes or do wear out um when you go to a dance call it is something you actually wear if you're not someone who dances takes a dance class in a sports bra and leggings and you're more of a leotard and tights person show up how you feel obviously it has to fit the world there are times when that doesn't, that's not appropriate um or if they say something specific or you know something about the casting director the choreographer etc that you know what they like it's a different story um but if you're like hey i love wearing this red unitard to all of my dance classes then wear the red unitard and you're gonna be you're gonna be in your own body that way um instead of oh, I never feel comfortable in this i hate this leotard i just wear it for auditions like the days of the jewel tone dress and basil ducas are gone of going to ECC. Like wear your real clothes. It's not gonna be distracting, you're the only one there. Um, if you're someone that likes to wear some overalls with a not too distractingly patterned shirt, you go ahead and do that. If it fits the world and you know you feel in your own skin and can be your true self, they wanna see truth in who you are. Um, and obviously that you can that you can sing or dance or hit the notes or whatever it is. Yes, I can say it louder for the back row. The days of the jewel tone dresses and the facial educas are over. <laughs> um, Catherine, uh, this industry, one of the big things, the, the one constant that is always going to be there is rejection. It's, you know, it's if you, you, bet, you better make friends with it, like from the beginning when you decide this is the this is my calling, this is the career path I'm taking, like make your peace with that rejection because um, it's going to happen. Uh, so how do you deal with that aspect of this industry? Yes, one of the one of the most important things you can learn is leaving it at the door or leaving it pretty close to it. Like you, you go, you see like the job, the job is auditioning and then the fun part is when you get the job and you're in rehearsals and doing the show. Um, but you know, you leave it at the door. You you can analyze what you might have done wrong or could have done differently or could have been better at or what you can learn from. But beyond that, don't, don't you know, keep replaying the entire situation in your head. And I, if it is one of those dream shows, um, people love to say like Wicked or Chicago or Phantom and they die, they're just dying to be in it. They, it's their whole life mission is to be in one of these shows. It's not, it's not a no, it's a not right now. It's maybe you need some more training or need more ballet or you need to work on your belt or whatever it is, or you just don't fit the puzzle today. We're looking for this type of person or this um, this look or this um, particular skill set to fit this one track and this person that did it before has this really specific thing they do. And coming from the other side of it, as well as knowing people who have auditioned, who didn't book Chicago for 10 years or who didn't book Wicked until they auditioned for it 12 times. Um, 
those sorts of shows they come up every three months every six months for the national tour or the broadway show keep going in for them stay in touch with the casting directors don't take it as a no and they don't like you it means not right now um it just means not yet um i think that taking that in and those are the auditions you do want to learn from why oh that person got kept i wonder why i wonder why this happened not to bring you down but to try to learn from it and then you know if those are your dream shows you get to know who the dance captain who the associates are and start taking classes with those people um and really really start to get curious about the work and how the show operates um but yeah and it's also um there's this wonderful peggy lee song called pass me by um it's used in the marvel Mrs. Maisel a few different times but if you don't happen to like it pass me by um you know it's like okay not your not i'm not for you great on to the next one and there's especially in new york city there's so many opportunities and you can get so excited about an audition and so excited about the prospect of something um it helps not to worry about it until after it happens at least i find this um but try to go down the path that, okay if this happens then my life has to get rearranged this way no it's a wonderful i'm here to share my work i'm here to share who i am with you i'm not here for you to like me or for you to pick me because it's not it's not personal be times where there is more of a bank blank slate um and there's also so many other factors like their friend who was part of the workshop 10 years ago wasn't available and now they are or this equity course call is a mandatory one and we're not actually looking for anyone right now so you do go in the file and then when they see you again like oh i think i saw them before they did some good stuff oh they've gotten better oh they got that turn this time or whatever it is and then you still might not fit the puzzle and it might be another three years but if you don't keep trying you're not going to get it rochelle rack says for every yes there's a hundred no's so i like to stay say start racking up the hundred no's while they don't matter audition for everything and you're just going to get better at it and care less as to the rejection i could not agree with you more i you have got such a wonderful attitude to have um with regards to not only auditions in general but also to to those rejections is to just leave it at the door and and to move on and to just and to treat it as a as a lesson that you get to you learn something and it makes you a better artist at the end of the day if you take the lesson especially if you get called back or you make it to final callbacks of something or you make it through a round of something that means they liked something that you did and they think that you that you do fit the world of the show that you are talented or something about you really jives with them and then just that final piece doesn't fit in or what someone else brought in um made them see something else in a whole new way and then to re-figure out the puzzle in a different way um so it's really it's it's not about, it's not, no one thinks about us as much as we do. <laughs> yes, true, 100%. Um, I know that you, you are a choreographer, so I want to ask about your experience in the audition room as the person teaching the, the dance um, versus the person learning the dance. How's, how has that experience been for you? And how did you find crossing over from the one to the other? Yes, I find um, it depends on the needs of the show that I've worked on. Some things are plays and there is just movement involved and other ones um, there is intricate choreography involved. Um, I know, at least for me personally, what I've worked on, I know that people with some rehearsal can get the steps exactly. Um, I care personally less about you nailing every single step on the exact count 
can if you do have a good kick if you can do two turns and I'll put a, a turn and a kick in there to see if you can do it and I can see you know if you have technique but you just didn't whatever it might be or like you can I can really tell you've never done a pirouette before in your life um there is a there is some variation in that um but not only is it oh you did the steps a to b but you added your own style you breathed life into it um if there is an improv section or a chance where the music plays before, then there's improv after. I want to see you inhabit that world. I want to see you create a story, a beginning, middle, end, or a feel of a, or a vibe of the world. Um, the Andy Warhol production I'm working on that I mentioned earlier. Uh, I'm not the choreographer of it, but I'm the rehearsal director of it. And I, um, I'm going to be working closely with the director and the choreographers in creating the world of the show. So even though like what I created for the audition is not the steps are going to be in the show, maybe none of them will be in it it's not important i know what the style of the show is what the style of also those eras are if we are flashing back to them and i want to see if you have some dance training so there was some very stylistic things there were a couple of moves to see if you've had any sort of movement training to pick up a simple like pony box step situation and there was also your turning kick and technique stuff so that those who have dance training but aren't dancers could give me a kick and a turn or a lower version of it. And I can see, oh, they pick up choreography, they've had dance training. Or I can see like, oh, that person's a dancer. They like kicked their face and laid out and like add all this other style to it. Oh, that person understands the world of it. Their improvs had a lot of like 60s movements or 70s movements, or they told a story about um, what it was like to be in those hullabaloo type shows. Yeah, I, 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 um, I love that. I love how you, uh how you how you kind of suss out what what the ability what the strength of the performer is um and i sometimes sometimes we don't we we're so focused on like on us like you said no one thinks about us more than we do um that you don't even know that the person the you know the the panel is 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 trying to is trying to test you in certain ways yes also we all think so much about ourselves including the choreographer including the director and although we are focused on we also want to make sure we're we're we hope you succeed we want you to make our job easier we want us to be like yes that person yes oh my god they sold that whatever i don't care if they can't dance we don't even know if they're gonna actually have to dance at all or not right now because you know the show's not for another four months and the script's not written or whatever it might be um so we want you to succeed. And also if the associates teaching, if the dance captains teaching the combo, whatever it is, they also want to do a good job. So if you don't understand something, please ask a question. Let us help you, um, let us help you succeed. And if we're not clear, we probably feel just about as bad about it as you do um, not getting the step. Yeah, that I think we always forget. We always, I always say that we go in there super defensive, like, these people hate me and I have to prove something to them and they don't they they want you to be the very best version like they want you they want to work with you uh, they want you to succeed at this audition they are looking for people for their project so they want you to succeed absolutely um I want to ask how or has your attitude towards auditions changed from when you just graduated college to the most recent audition that you've done? Um, yes, as an ever evolving, as an ever evolving practice. Um, and I'm sure I will revert to old habits, 
time and time again. And I'm sure there'll be times when um, going to the open calls or a different thing. But I feel like because I had one foot in and one foot out of the door through most of college, it was just like right before the pandemic hit, people were starting to be like, oh yeah, Catherine Winter, I know who she is. Or, oh right, that girl, whatever. Um, that I felt like I was able to start being my own agent for the first time. I was starting to not have to wait all day. And I feel like both with that and um, like virtual submissions of things on Actors Access, the idea that realizing, oh, someone's expecting my submission. I'm not showing up with 700 people um, makes me be more willing to put time into it. And especially with these virtual calls, these virtual packets, I know I've had some initial rounds for some things over the pandemic. And it's like, here's three songs and three sides that are each two pages and learn an accent. And here's two different dance calls and it's due in a week. Um, that you, that's gonna take you 24 hours or something like that to be able to create that and submit it, let alone give a great performance of it. That the bar is so much higher. Um, and so it's a time to really practice your craft. I take a lot of the work I do in terms of sides, auditioning with sides. Those are my acting classes. Those are my chances to workshop workshop things and learn how, how I do scene study work. I try to teach, still take them as a class, um, still take them as a chance to improve. Um, but I feel, I feel personally less inclined to send things out into the void right now especially over the pandemic, when you see the or backstage sort of thing, like send and send a video of whatever, like of whatever you want to this link or send these very specific things to this link. I'm like, I don't know who's looking at that. I know so many people who spend hours and hours and spend so much money renting studios to then have their videos on YouTube, like never watch, like to say zero views. And that's crushing. I think taking care of yourself mentally and also reanalyzing what it is you're auditioning for is it something you want to do and that you're right for? Um, because I feel like before the pandemic and definitely right out of school, you should and I was auditioning for everything and just walking up and doing those seven auditions in a day. And I don't know if this thing's already cast and whatever it might be. And I'm just going to go for it because you have your own material ready prepared and you just show up and you just show up essentially. Um, whereas now there's a lot more on your personal end that you have to, you have to value your time and I feel like as someone auditioning um it's helpful to know that someone's waiting to hear from me even if I know that there's really like 400 people that got this message um it's helpful to know that someone's that someone's um looking for my audition yeah I I mean I hear you especially when you say that you have to value your time um I think the the longer we do this um, this job, the longer that we're in this industry, the more we get to know who we are as artists. And so, like, when I was leaving college, I was like, I'm gonna, like you said, I'll do everything. I'll go, I'll do anything. But now I, I know what, what my strengths are, and I know what my weaknesses are. And I know, I, I, I know who I am as an artist and so I know what I'm good, what I'm right for, what I'm good for and things like that. And I think that, like you said, that definitely comes with, that comes over time and, and valuing your time and knowing that I'm not going, to, I'm not going to put myself in a, in a line for like, for example, I'm not a, I wouldn't consider myself to be a, like ready to do cats, 
Like I, there's no way I would go and audition for Kex because that's wasting my time and the, the and someone who is right for that show's time. You know, I'm taking the time of someone else who who is right for that particular project. Absolutely, and I think it's also I've learned. I think I always use in the back of my head, but more and more after I've been working professionally, you learn what type of jobs and how you audition, like what, what jobs you get from how you audition. There's some people who like walk into an open call at the lineup of people and they'll do their double pirouettes. And for whatever reason, they oftentimes get kept. I've learned that I am not someone who's going to book a job from the mass open call unless I know someone behind the table or like there is a, there's like a list of maybe three or four shows, but that's my show. Um, however, so like I've learned that I need to really invest in my relationships, in my interpersonal relationships and collaborating with people outside of audition rooms and getting to work with people in different ways or reaching out like, hey, I heard you're working on this project. Like, do you need some extra hands for things or whatever it might be? Um, I like to say that work begets work for someone. That's why people who are on Broadway keep working on Broadway because they're backstage hearing about someone else, something that someone else auditioned for, and they're in practice in a different way. Um, and having worked in the show, I understand why people tend to cast their friends or people they know or people they trust. Like, hey, last minute, we have someone who's going to go on in two days. And, um, oh, I know this person from a dance class and they're really smart and pick up choreography. So I'm going to reach out directly to them. Or um, this last show, there was more of an open call. Oh, but we had also people who came in who worked us before, people I know, or reach out to certain people I know, being like, hey, come audition for this thing. And I made sure to point them out in a room, like, that person's really smart, or that person's really kind and really fun to be around. And that sort of statement in the audition room is invaluable. Um, it really puts you in a different category when you, wouldn't, when you wouldn't have been, because someone behind the table is vouching for you, or they know they know you're right for it, even though you might not know, or people else, other people behind the table may not know. Um, yeah, so it's about it's about who you know and how you can be brought into the room, possibly in a different way. Is there other ways to approach it? Is there ways to directly write a letter to a casting director saying, "Hi, I'm right for the show and would love to be seen for it," so you're not in the mass of people. Um, and if they say if they they say like, "Oh, sorry, I don't have any slots or whatever," then you show up to the open call like, "Oh, that's that person who wrote me that letter." they're smart or they're, they said they're good at this thing. That's a, that's a unique skill. You know, I need a roller skater for this other show I'm doing. So it doesn't hurt. It's, it's investing in relationships, I think is really important. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, Catherine, what has been the best audition advice that you have, that you've kind of taken on and that you, that is something that you share when anyone asks you? Yes. Um, I said some of these already. Um, one of them is it, it's not a no, it's a not right now. Um, a couple of those long running shows are in are in the dream are one of some of the dream shows for me. Um, and it's even true of the show I did over the pandemic. I'd auditioned for the show. It was based off of an off Broadway show called "Unmaking to Lose the Trek." Uh, I made through a couple rounds of callbacks, didn't end up getting it, and I was like, "I know I fit the world of the show. I feel like I fit the vibe of this of this director, and I'm I I think this is going to happen for me. It's it's like it's a not right now. I'll apply again. I'll go see the show. I'll keep investigating what it is that the style of the show is, the style of acting of the show show is. Um, and then when the pandemic rolled around, I um, I reached out and was like, hi, I saw the show audition for you before. Um, do you, are you looking for any actors? Here's my headshot and resume. Um, and got the audition, yada, yada, yada. But um, 
yeah, it's an, it's, um, it's not a no, it's a not right now. Um, and just lead with kindness and gratitude. Um, Jen Kalila says that a lot. And I think that that's, you see it in her work. You see her, you see that in her as a human being when you meet her. Um, but it makes a difference. If you, if you hold that door open at Pearl Studios or at Ripley Greer for someone else to let them enter, if you really look at someone and smile and nod and say hi or good morning um, and open yourself up to the world because that'll open it up to you. I love that. I love that so much. Catherine, thank you for taking the time to chat to me and for sharing um, your stories, but also such wonderful words of advice. Uh, I was writing, I was making notes as you were, were chatting. <laughs> um, before I let you go, I just want to ask, <laughs> sure, uh, before I let you go, I have three very quick, fun questions that I always end the um, the conversation with. So uh, the first one is, if you could do any other profession besides this one, what would it be? Um, a couple different things. One, I've always said that I, I think I'd be a really good lawyer. Um, however, I hate reading, so I don't think I'd make it through law school. Um, but I think I could really argue a case in court and be very persuasive. Um, I would also possibly be... Um, a travel agent or, or own some kind of travel company. One of my many survival jobs is being a tour guide of, of New York City. I love it to death. I'm such a nerd. You can't, I say I can't take myself anywhere. I can't take anyone anywhere. Cause I'm like, fun fact about this. Um, but I grew up traveling a lot um, with my mom. She didn't get to travel a lot when she was a kid. So I got pulled out of school a lot to travel and have been a lot of different places in the world. And I love it. And I love finding a good deal and interesting experiences in a mix of like doing very local, things you find on your own off the beaten path and hitting all the tourist attractions. So I'd be a great travel agent. Perfect. I'll take it. Um, the second question is, in your opinion, who was so perfectly cast in a role, and this could be in any medium, that if they redid it seven million times, it would never be as good as that person in that role? Barbra Streisand and Funny Girl. Um, I grew up watching it. There were more photos of Barbara Streisand in my house than there were of my own family. I cannot wait to see this revival and see the show on stage. However, my mom's like, would you ever want to be Fanny Bryce? And I'm like, no, because Barbara Streisand has etched in my brain every inflection, every detail of it. And I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole because it is perfection. So I, um, let me just have a little confession here. I watched Funny Girl for the first time last year. Um, and everyone was like horrified that I'd never seen it, but I watched it for the first, like exactly your face was like shocked. So I watched it for the first time last year and I, it lives rent free in my head. It was so delicious. And I just, I loved every single second of it. So I, I also, I'm so excited to see, to see it on stage and to see how they, because in my head, I know how I want it to be. So I'm, I, I want to see how they, the, the vision that they have for it. Okay, the final question is, if you could play any role, male or female, what would it be? Um, I have three. Um, I want to be actually, okay. I want to be Meg Jiri in Love Never Dies. It is the dream. I want to be Meg Jiri in Love Never Dies. Um, I will, I, I, 
I, I can't wait. I know there's a national international tour going out. I'm like, I, I'm working on getting my Italian passport so I can work in the UK. Like it is the dream. Um, I can do a whole podcast about love never dies. Um, so I'm not going to get started about it. However, um, I, I saw the original I, while I was in middle school. Um, and I was like, there's, oh, I wish I could be in this. And then like, there's been so many delays in the production that there was still hope when I was like in college audition for the North American tour. And I cried and I walked out of the audition room. And I was like, oh my God, I got to audition for Um, but that's like really a dream. I don't know if it's ever going to happen again, the show, but I do want to do it. Um, I could be Lena Lamont and singing in the rain for the rest of my life. Um, I spent my very early days spending entire days as a kid like talking like Lena Lamont in the high-pitched voice um big fan um and I want to my dream is to swing all the girls in Chicago oh my god I I'm like I'm obsessed I'm obsessed with that yes I we are going to manifest all of that for you thank you I love it Catherine thank you again so much for chatting to me Please, would you uh, just let all the listeners know how they can keep up to date with everything that you're doing? Give me all the plugs. Yes. Um, the best way to get in touch with me, feel free to message me on Instagram as well. But, you know, I have all the things. I'm very active on Instagram at Catherine.Winter, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E dot winter like the season um and everything's there the links are there the other projects i'm working on with the Vernon Vossi legacy with abated breath theater company to sandy borhall and countless other things will all be found there um can't wait to get in touch with all of you yay thank you so much thank you i hope i get it the podcast is produced by citizen femme productions be sure to follow us on instagram at hope i get it pod 